Podcast. Hello. I'm Richard. And I'm Sarah. And it's been a while since we last talked. It has, but it's good to be here. Just in the craziness of Christmas. Yeah, it is a crazy time. And in fact, it's been a crazy, well, semester for me, mm. uh, being, you know, a student. I've been super busy. And Sarah, I know you've been super busy too. Yep. Yep. It's been busy. But, you know, here we are. We finally found a spot to sit down and just catch up a little bit about what's been going on in the last wee while. And it's, yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah, and this will sort of be our roundup for the year. That's right. But yeah, there's been heaps of things that have gone on and a few things to catch up on. So I think the thing I would like to sort of include in our roundup is since we last dropped a podcast, we, well, we've had heaps of sessions. Mm. We've had a retreat. Yeah. Do you want to say a little bit about the retreat first? Yeah, sure. So we did a retreat. I don't even remember what month it was in now. Months ago. <laughs> that's the state of my brain Richard before in the lead up to Christmas it's just my brain's fried but we did a great retreat and oh it was September it was ah, the end of September there I, we go it, the, it took me all of that time to remember <laughs> when it was <laughs> yeah so we did it at Peacemakers Retreat Centre in Parakai which is where we've gone so far for our retreats a lovely old house you know wraparound balcony it was gorgeous weather the theme of the retreat was living slow in the presence of God. So that was some of the stuff we explored. And yeah, it was just a really lovely time. Yeah, we had a really cool group or subset of Ordinary Saints there doing all of that stuff with us. And yeah, I certainly remember particularly the last couple of sessions that I was there for. Yeah, and some good, really great conversation and Mm. getting to know people even better than before. Yeah, and everyone everyone got to... um, learn about my very dorky rock collection as well, which was oh, that's true. a little side effect. <laughs> um, so basically, I probably should explain myself there, shouldn't I? So we did a little exercise, a contemplative exercise, where we each got to choose a rock. And Anglicans love their rocks and their candles, don't they, Richard? Yes. But no one loves rocks as much as me. <laughs> so I have this, Sarah so is the my... queen of the rock people. <laughs> so we had some rocks. In the middle of the room, and I just asked everyone to kind of intuitively pick one, you know, for whatever reason, colour, texture, size. And we just sat with that. And there were some questions that we just reflect on, reflected on. And it was pretty cool stuff came out. Like Jessica picked up a piece of natural blue sandstone, and she was using it and just sort of praying whilst holding it, you know, and um, said that it reminded her of space. And so she was thinking about, you know, God in like a really cosmic way and shared about that. And I just thought, whoa, I did not anticipate that bringing my rock collection would be such a doorway, I guess, to be talking about this deep stuff. So, so that was cool. But yes, I do have quite an extensive extensive rock collection. And um, I'm glad I got to share some of that nerdiness with the group. Yeah, that's awesome. And we have a bunch more opportunities to be nerdy with Sarah <laughs> coming up next year, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I will limit the rock exposure for sure. Yeah, so we currently have three retreats scheduled for 2023, I believe. We're upping our game because it's like we're kind of out of the lockdown phase. Yeah, because this was, this was always the original plan, right? Was yes. to have quite a few retreats throughout the year. Mm. As, as we've covered in previous podcasts, uh, COVID has had a way of just 
ruining everything. Exactly. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we've had to cancel at least one retreat so far because of that. Yeah. But so anyway, at least at this stage, optimistically, three retreats next year to look forward to, all mm. with different themes. Yep. And, you know, maybe some more uh, rock-based meditation. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> find out yeah you'd never know my rock collection could have grown by the end and you know so we need to experience the cosmic christ and all of them <laughs> okay so there are some other exciting developments as well of course in terms of one of our members had the idea of applying for some funding mm. to do something pretty exciting do you want to share some more about that yeah so we were actually meeting in the very room we're in now richard uh we were having a, a, a meeting with some of the core members of uh, the Community of Ordinary Saints, and so we call them the steering group because that's just kind of what fit. Uh, and I think it was Jessica that suggested we yep. we think about, it was sort of a pipe dream kind of blue skies comment, like, wouldn't it be so cool if we went to Palestine-Israel together? Mm. And I remember thinking, yeah, let's try it, because why not? And so that led to us sort of looking into an application process for some funding that might come out of St. John's um, College Trust Fund. And um, so we did it. We did it. And we sat down and wrote the application. And it was kind of great because actually we applied for 60000 but we ended up getting 70000 which was fantastic, which means, yeah. which means we can send 10 people and, and subsidize that heavily. It's just been a wonderfully exciting development, I think, for this community because after the pandemic and – Everything that's gone on, you know, the sort of climate across the board is one of depletion and sort of a lack of hope for things going forward. And so I feel like it's it's brought some some hope and some direction and purpose to a good amount of members in the group. And even just the retreats, you know, being able to look look ahead and know that we're going to do some of those more regularly next year is really exciting. So I love to have a bit more hope and momentum to things going forward. Yeah, so the pilgrimage itself is to St. George's College in Jerusalem. That's right. Um, I've been there. I'm an alumni of the college. Woo! Is it an alumni or an alumnus? I don't even know. I don't know. Uh, they both sound fancy. I failed school, see Latin. I don't care. <laughs> um, and I'm okay with that. I'm at peace with my lack of Latin <laughs> knowledge, my clear <laughs> lack of Latin knowledge. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been there oh, quite a few years ago. And uh, like, I'm really excited about this from the perspective of... I was in full-time ministry for 15 years. So having done my theology qualifications and learnt about Israel-Palestine, uh, you know, very much from that textbook perspective, 15 years into ministry, finally to actually got to go there and see what it's all like and to put all of that knowledge into the right context because uh, it really helps deepen our understanding of those things and for me was a, an incredibly enriching thing. And I love the fact that we have... A bunch of younger people at what, you know, hopes to be maybe the beginning of their ministry journeys um, get that opportunity to go and actually have that experience kind of earlier in life because I do think that'll be a really, really helpful thing. As I say, lots of us, it takes a long time to get there and, and partly it's because... Money? <laughs> well, no, I, I was, I was, partly it's because when we first get into ministry, we don't necessarily have a strong passion to, you know, it's sort of there in a background sort of thing, but it's not necessarily something we think about a lot. And over time we go, oh, I really do want to go. And so I know for me it was quite a slow burn 
getting to that point of like that's the next thing I want to do in terms of travel is is to go there and, and do it and so yeah it's really cool we had a session I talked to the group a little bit about some of my experience of my time in the Holy Land what an awesome thing what an awesome opportunity. Mm. I still remember that session and just the sort of buzz in the room as you were talking about all these different holy sites and, you know, not just from a Christian perspective, you know, but but appreciating that these are, you know, this is a spiritual home for sort of 4 billion people in the world, mm. really. Um, and just, you know, that you were talking about the sacredness of space as well. And, you know, we do have a bunch of that in our tradition. So the idea of actually going to this place physically is really exciting for me and definitely feels... Uh, like a like a really profound pilgrimage for for my spiritual journey, um, and also like you said, you know, you did this fifteen years into your into your sort of ministry life as a priest. Yeah, I've only just celebrated three years as a priest. Oh, you know, God. four years in ministry, <laughs> three years as a priest, and I'll tell you right now, it feels like a lot longer. But um, I'm really excited to be able to do this so early on uh, as well. So I'm pretty chuffed, also. What else has been happening? I've missed lots of sessions because I've been, uh, unfortunately, my teaching um, schedule this last semester has clashed with a lot of the Ordinary Saints sessions. So I've missed quite a few. So mm-hmm. any well, any particular highlights you want to share with me? Yeah, well, I mean, we've just come out of our final session of the year and the last two sessions, of course, have been focused on Advent because it is Advent. <laughs> um, and I've really enjoyed the material that we, we've been working through. I'm a big fan of Scott Erickson's artwork, and he produced a, a resource in the form of a book called Honest Advent. And after that book, or before, I'm not sure, he released a resource for groups that can accompany that. And so we chose, there's sort of 15 chapters of this book or potential stations that you could do. And so we chose six and work through three in the first session and three in the second session and what I really love about this resource is that it's very focused on the desanitization of Advent thinking especially from Mary's perspective um, what it was like to to carry Jesus and what it was like to birth Jesus and the and all of the circumstances surrounding that and you know the socio-political context at the time for her as a young woman unwed young woman uh, so I really appreciated that and it's been really fun to to talk through the group with it I remember one of the my favorite chapters was is titled goop and it talks about <laughs> it talked about and you weren't here for this one weren't you, you yeah were there yeah, for that yeah one. I was at that session you know and it talked about birthing fluids and and you know that's not something that you hear in your average advent sermon is it no. <laughs> no, I can't. I no. I've never given a particularly goopy sermon. I'll be honest. <laughs> well, I have to say, there's one funny story. One of my first sermons in Holy Trinity Cathedral, which was where I was a curate for two years, it was an Advent, of course, and my sermon was largely focused on the placenta. So, looking back at that now, even I'm surprised that so early on in my curacy, I was going straight to. Well, I guess could be considered by some to be more of a taboo kind of area of conversation, perhaps when we're, you know, focusing a, almost an entire sermon around this organ, this shared organ between mother and child. Mm. And I guess it really captivated me, you know, that we talk about Christ incarnate, you know, and we talk about Mary as being human. And then we, but the, for me, I was like, what's the placenta? Like, is it, <laughs> is it purely human? Is it infused with the divine? And then thinking about what we do with that in the culture here in Aotearoa, especially, you know, for Māori, in terms of the, I guess, the 
the spiritual importance of the placenta. Mm. And I just thought, you know what, this is really interesting. Um, and so, of course, you know, it wasn't all focused on, is this divine and human, <laughs> that kind of thing. I think that would freak people out. But it was just one of the things I like to talk about as a bit of a metaphor, you know, for mm. for what it is that we share in Christ and through Christ and, and things like that. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I think the closest I have got to that is I have used the image of of God as unborn child mm. uh, as a as a metaphor and what does that say and, mm. um, yeah and was actually surprised at how positively received that was and because I think a lot of these things because it is you're right it's getting into the the stickiness of life that's it because life is gritty and mm. real and physical and yeah it's very here and now and sometimes we get a bit ethereal I think mm. uh, we can we can all try and get a little bit spiritual with our spirituality. <laughs> and uh, I think, and I do mean that. If we, sometimes if we get a little bit too spiritual, we sort of, we're no longer connected to the world. And mm. I think that's a problem. Yeah. And that reminds me of one of the books that you suggested we touch on at our retreat, which is by Barbara Brown Taylor, An Altar in the World. Oh, my favorite book. Yeah, great book. <laughs> and I have listened to it twice now because I love it so much. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she kind of touches on this as well, you know, bodies, bodies mm. and incarnation and what it is to experience God in the here and now. And so I think that this Honest Advent resource has touched on this as well in a really deep way and in a way that's pretty feminist too. And I know it's written by a, a male, but annoyingly, in order for the staff to have more credibility, actually men have to be talking about this stuff too. And yeah. so I really appreciate that about Scott's resource. Um, and I've been following him for many years, and I know that this particular resource has had, you know, incredible success all around the world. And I'm really stoked about that. Yeah, I certainly enjoyed it too. Another cool conversation I remember having during our first session, which you weren't at, Richard, was the conversation around Jesus in the womb as a fetus. <laughs> so we often see Mary depicted in religious artwork either as I mean, hardly actually as, as pregnant, um, mm, but we just yeah, sort of no, see her yeah. and the implication is that she is pregnant or we see baby Jesus born usually in, in traditional iconography looking like a full grown man, but just, just <laughs> dialed down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you have like receding hairline, <laughs> just a mini adult, you know, it's yeah. really, really bizarre. Um, and of course there's value to all of that stuff in our history, but what I really appreciate was the time to consider the Christ as like a 12-week-old fetus, you mm. know, and things like that. And so that's something that has inspired a recent piece of artwork of mine. But I remember the conversation around that, and I'll never forget when when Grace said particularly, she goes, yeah, I'd never really thought about fetus Jesus before. And <laughs> <laughs> we also sort of cracked up because it isn't really something we think about. And, no. of course, back then, you know, and, and in the years after many years after there was no such thing as an ultrasound machine no. you know we didn't really have the technology to fathom what's going on inside the womb so we think about psalm 139 and we see the psalmist sort of wrestling with what it might be like in the womb you know that god is knitting us together and that's kind of a beautiful image and you know to be honest pretty ahead of its time <laughs> considering mm, we couldn't yeah, see sure. at all what was going on inside yeah, yeah. but now with what we know we think about Jesus in the womb developing, and especially when we read about John the Baptist in the uterus of his mother, you know, when mm. Elizabeth and Mary meet, and John's reaction to Jesus in the womb 
through their mothers, you know, that they weren't even earthside yet and there was some kind of interaction going on. And if we think about it, Jesus would have been pretty early on in gestation at that time. Mm. So this interaction of, quote from Grace, fetish Jesus and John the Baptist while still in the womb, it's all a lot of great stuff for discussion. Yeah, yeah. And one of the fun things is just throwing back to the pilgrimage you're going to be going on next year is that you will get to go to the Church of the Visitation where that story is said to have taken place. I can't wait. There was another funny moment, actually, at our first session, and I know that um, Emily, (laughs) I'm going to have her coming back to talk to me about this, I'm sure, was quite distressed about the fact that we had a bit of a playlist going in the background, and it's a playlist that I've been loving, and it's actually an album by The Brilliance, and it's the Advent album Remastered. And it's it's been, don't worry, I'll get to the point soon, Richard, (laughs) it's been a great album for me to stay in the Advent space. But towards the end of the album, it gets into Christmas carols, which of course is fine. But for me, it was just too much Christmas carol while we were talking about Advent so specifically. Oh, yeah. In the session, I get that. And so I said to Grace, can you turn it off? And she did. And it was, you know, just a subtle exchange. And Emily sort of honed in on this and was just like, you know, oh, well, why are we turning it off? I was like, oh, you know, just, just too many carols, you know. And she was like, hold on. Wait a minute. You don't play carols during Advent. And on the night, I did feel quite passionate and probably misrepresented myself a wee bit, but I don't like to be overloaded with carols in Advent. Mm. Now, I'm not saying I don't listen to carols, Richard. I can see your look of disgust already. I do, but I just can't do too much of it because it impedes on my ability to stay in the waiting, stay in the the kind of Advent space. Now, I realize that's a very personal take. Um, And so I did actually reflect on this a bit more. And I wrote a post on the uh, Community of Ordinary Saints Instagram and Facebook, because, you know, they're connected, about this. Because we're in the Southern Hemisphere. And so the way we experience the season of Advent and Christmas is really different to how it's experienced in the Northern Hemisphere. Yes. Because, and this is my take on it, and you can totally push back, Richard. But I find that in Advent, we sort of do Christmas and Advent almost at the same time. Yeah, we totally do. Yeah, because once we get to Christmas, the first day of Christmas, of course, recognizing it's not just one day, after that, immediately after that. We go on holiday. Yeah, I mean, there's a culture of, of, of a lot of us going on holiday, or if we're not going away, at least just basking up the sun and chilling out with our mates, you know? It's kind of not a focus... For us to be heavy into the Christmas spirit. Yeah, yeah. I think you're totally right. Like, we do do Advent and Christmas kind of simultaneously in this part of the world. Which, for me, like, I'm completely supportive of that. Because, for me, that's contextualization. Yeah. That's taking into account the fact that life does work differently in this part of the world. And so, I know I have colleagues and friends who get very passionate about defending Advent. And I, of course, then start going the other way because I think, no, this feels kind of like you're imposing a Northern Hemisphere sensibility on this part of the world. And I think that fails to understand that things are different. Because like you say, come Boxing Day, everyone in New Zealand is off to the beach. It's summertime. Like I know this year, because we're going away, we will probably pack down our tree well before Twelfth Night. Mm. And hence we've chosen to have it up for most of Advent. Mm. 
Uh, that's not how lots of people do it in the Northern Hemisphere. They yeah. only have the tree in for kind of the 12 days of Christmas because it makes that time special. But it's a different context. Holidays work differently. And it's also largely pretty cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah, this exactly. desire to actually um, stay inside and, and appreciate this season. Yeah, and watch bad movies. That's right. Um, <laughs> for sure. Whereas for us, not so much. It's a case of like, mm. yay, this is the best time of year to get outside. Exactly, yeah. And you don't hold up in the same kind of way. So the thing I really, really love about Christmas as a tradition and why I personally find it really, really nourishing is because when you actually think about the... I think lots of Christians get it wrong and sort of talk about this war on Christmas. I don't think it's a war at all. I think Christmas is a really generous tradition that says, whatever it is you want to contribute, hey, bring it, bring it. We'll, 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 we'll incorporate it. It's uh, a tradition which has morphed so much right down to why the heck do we have tinsel on trees? People don't even know why and what that represents. It represents spider webs. We did People talk don't about know this, this, didn't we, Richard? There <laughs> is another podcast. Yes, we might actually. have talked about Advent last year. Yes, right? there is. So if you want to hear about the, the, the meaning behind tinsel and some <laughs> other really obscure Christmas facts, then you can go listen to our previous podcast. Yes, that's um, true. So I won't just relitigate <laughs> the importance of tinsel even though I feel very passionate about it. I'm staring at your tinsel right now. So <laughs> see you're very passionate. Um, but like, as I say, that's what I love about the tradition is that it's a tradition that's very happy having other things added to it. Is Santa Claus an important part of Christmas? Well, my answer to that is yes. Now, the way I nuance that around the Jesus story, that's always going to be central for me. But I don't feel that other parts of the tradition come at the expense of that so long as I continue to, you know, have that as part of the focus. So I like having it I like the big messiness of it I like the fact that we start hearing wham in late November early December and I'm okay with that <laughs> and for me that's all part of the actually getting ready it's for me those hymns because uh, particularly when I was younger and I sang in choirs you know you'd start rehearsing your carols way before because come December you'd be out you know busking and doing all sorts of carol events and so on and look, I love the Advent carols as well because there are such things as Advent carols. I love them. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Even though I have issues with parts of the theology, <laughs> I, I, I still love the tune. And at least so how we feel about please, a lot of Richard. hymns. <laughs> um, but it, but I love it. And it, and it, and it's about the getting ready. And so for me, it still forms part of that Advent work of anticipation and of looking forward and of renewing hope and. Yeah, I love this time of year. Yeah. Well, Emily's comment about how I was being, I mean, somewhat of a Grinch perhaps, um, <laughs> really, really did make me reflect. And so I do I do stand corrected. And I'd just like to reiterate, it is just it's just a me thing, you know? I, I'm not I'm not saying other people can't enjoy carols a lot. Um, but one of the things that I actually did reflect on around this was see see, I do reflect on stuff. It's good, eh? Um is that I was thinking about how I was as a child because I was one of those Christmas kids, you mm. know. I loved Christmas so much and, um, and you know, I used to sit at the bottom of the tree for weeks before mm. Christmas and we had these massive, magnificent Christmas trees and everything was just so ornately, you know, <laughs> decorated and I still really appreciate this about, about my childhood. But I would sit there and it just felt like it was taking forever. <laughs> Honestly, I remember just being so frustrated, counting down the days. Yeah. And I remember on Christmas morning, I'd wake my dad up, you know, because my mom just did not do life that early. 
at sort of 4.30, 5 o'clock. Mm. And he would get up with me because he knew. Oh, that's cool. I know. Yeah. I was, now as a parent, I'm like, wow, that is <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> next level. And, you know, he used to make me a tea and we'd sit and we'd talk and listen to Christmas carols until everyone was actually, you know, awake. <laughs> and so the experience for me as a child was that there, it was about this hopeful anticipation. It mm. was part of the waiting process. Yeah. And as an adult now, I can look back on that and see how much I lack that. But the great thing is that I see it in my kids mm. as well. So I'm sort of reliving that a little bit through yeah. my children. So that's been a nice reflection for me to just kind of, you know, not get too stuck into this, <laughs> got to stay in the Advent spirit. Because actually there's something about celebrating the joy and the carols and the tinsel and all that stuff, if that's your gig, to, to help excite you for, for what is to come, you know. So, yeah, I stand corrected. I take back the harshness <laughs> of my original statement. Thank you, Emily. Um, I would just say, hey, I mean, I'm really glad this was an opportunity for you to think <laughs> deeply on these things. But I'd also want to add, if being a Grinch is how you want to be Christmas, <laughs> that's okay too. Um, no, because look, Don't I do be have... enabling I, any well, Grinchness. Nah, yeah, my thing is just, look, we all do it differently and let's all just be a little bit kinder to each other and just allow people to do it different ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess what I react to is people being a little bit like, this is the way to do it. This is the only <laughs> correct way to do it. And I reckon, look, I react against that because I'm one of those people. <laughs> Sometimes I certainly used to be a lot more than I am now um, of going, this is how it should happen. And actually that's, that's not a fun way to be. No, it <laughs> and really it's not isn't. fun for others. And if people have new and interesting ways, actually, I've learned as I've gotten older that sometimes people have new ways of doing things and the new ways can be really good. And sometimes the new ways can really inform the ways we've done it before too. So, um, like, I'm all for that because I think there have been years where I've gone, I'm going to try and be a bit more strict about just really being in Advent mode. Mm. And that's informed me and helped me, but it's not quite as joyful for me and hence why when we hit December, I'm ready for joy. And particularly after the last two years we've had, I'm really ready for joy. Yeah. Um, and it's the thing I'm really, really seeking this Christmas. more. Than, and I did last year too, but I didn't find it so much last year. But uh, this year I'm more hopeful that I will. Yeah. I, I was really encouraged to see, you know, my um, dear, dear friends and colleagues, um, Bex and Dan from uh, Northcote, Anglican. That's not what it's called, but it's an Anglican church in Northcote. St. John the Baptist, Baptist Northcote. Northcote. That's yeah. it. Boom. They did an amazing like community Christmas festival type thing at their at their parish. And they'd done that in Halloween as well. So it was like they've sort of oh, wow. they've started this this tradition, I guess, of kind of bringing the whole neighborhood into the experience. And I loved looking at those photos. It brought me so much joy yeah, thinking, cool. goodness, after these years that we've had not being able to gather and stuff, seeing all these people swarming around <laughs> little stalls and things and just getting out there and enjoying it was such an image of joy and one that I'm absolutely welcoming. And just on that note, I'm going to give myself a cheap plug here. Oh, yeah, do it. Do it. Yeah, because this is part of the, well, so since we last met, I wrote a book and Woo! have published it and put it out. And it's about Christmas pageants. And this was a big part of the motivation for, for writing that book and to making it available was, again, this this point about joy. Because 
in you know uh, other times in my life a big part of the joy of Christmas has been putting on Christmas pageants and I've done it uh, I did it a lot in my last parish but have done it before that as well because again it's this great mishmash it's this chance to have fun with the nativity story Mm. with Christmas traditions to be a little bit silly to not take ourselves quite so seriously and, and to get into that mode of like you know anticipation and enjoyment and laughter Mm. and these are all really important things so yeah in fact when I was sick with COVID in July August and was unable to work on my regular work I thought about this and was thinking Christmas is coming up and again it's that thing of I know I'm really seeking joy what can I do to help others maybe tap into that a little bit as well so anyway uh, you can email me, anyone, if you want yeah. to, interested in obtaining a copy. Uh, there are only a few copies remaining, so mm, there you it's go. It's a brilliant book. Um, I did go to the book launch, which was fantastic. And I have to say, I remember, Richard, the conversation we had when I found out you were writing this book because I was just we were just catching up casually and you just dropped it into the conversation so casually as well. You're like, oh, I just wrote a book. I wrote a book <laughs> last week. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you wrote an entire book. Um well, but of okay, course, it's to a be fair, to be it's fair, a, it's a little bit of a lie. Yeah. Yeah, it's a compilation <laughs> of all of these incredible pageants that you've done over the years yeah. um, and, and some other cool stuff, you know, yeah. around that. And, you know, I, I it did bring me joy immediately, even before reading it, you know, looking at the themes of these pageants as well, like pirates, zombies. I mean, like, <laughs> it yeah. really is a great book. So if anyone's keen, There's a St. Francis pageant in there as well, because little known fact, St. Francis was probably the originator of the Christmas pageant. Well, well, there you go. So lots to be enjoyed there. This is probably all that we needed or wanted to say, isn't it, Richard? But I have to say, on a a, um, personal note... Says Sarah wanting to wrap up the (laughs) podcast. You literally just said to me before, okay, we had a break, and he was like, we should probably wrap it up. So um, love how I made the, the, the... you know, the enemy here, but that's all right. No, so on a personal note, I am loving this advent as well because um, I've got a very, very dear friend of mine who is pregnant currently, and my brother is also when I'm my middle brother. So I've got an oldest brother and middle brother, and he is um, his partner is expecting like now, and it's oh, wow. just so exciting. Uh, so I, I'm, you know, on a personal note, I'm loving it. I'm really feeling it. Um, and one of these great things is that I mentioned some artwork I did before around the fetus Jesus conversation. And on this piece of artwork, it was like an ultrasound type thing, you oh, know, yeah, of, cool. of fetus Jesus. And um, I feel like this is going to stick. And <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's just, we're going with it. And on the ultrasound image, I had to put like a date, you know, like a gestation of the fetus. Mm. And I put uh, 12 weeks, six days, right? And I showed it to my my friend who's expecting and she's a lot earlier on than, than my, you know, brother and his partner's baby. Anyway, and so she, she messaged me back and was just like, you realize that's like my gestation yeah. today. And I was, it was just one of those really yeah, bizarre yeah. sort of circumstances where I just picked it out of the air. But I've been thinking of her, you know, mm. and, and thinking about this little baby um, that will be such a joy. And um, it was just, yeah, just one of those cool, like, Advent coincidences divine miracles whatever it's it's great it's a great season um and of course i remember being pregnant over advent too and you know many years ago when my um when i had my first baby and it was just so cool like i remember just experiencing advent in a whole new way Mm. uh and you know i remember listening to the christmas carols um on a christmas service and having my son kicking 
inside the womb. And I just thought, this is so surreal, you know? Yeah. So it's a great time to be reflecting. So big shout out to all those who are pregnant at this time. Absolutely. It is your season right now. Enjoy it. Enjoy the nativity. Enjoy your nativity. Yeah. Well, this has been the Jesus Fetus podcast. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's good. And I'm glad that you've joined in our silliness as well as we you know, are very tired in the lead up to Christmas with little ones and trying to get all the family sorted. And Mm. so I'm sure many of you are in that space as well. So we genuinely wish you a wonderful Christmas season and the last little bit of Advent, if you manage to get this podcast edited before Christmas. Let's hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way. Yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah. Have a blessed Christmas and a happy new year. Woo. Sorry, I just had to throw in a carol at the end there. All right. Safe travels, everyone. Stay safe this summer. Yeah. And we'll be back in the new year. See you soon.